Today, I'll be joined by the most underrated athlete in all of Nebraska sports history. You are Locked On Huskers, your daily podcast on the Nebraska Cornhuskers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to it, everybody. DB, Derek Tristan, 93.7 Ticket, Lincoln, Nebraska, home of the Fighting Huskers of the University of Nebraska. Lincoln, thank you for joining us on Locked on Huskers. The first stop, first watch, first listen each and every single day on the Locked on Sports Network. Great. We appreciate the folks from Bet Online. We thank our partners for making this thing happen each and every single day. Bet Online, where the game begins, and we appreciate them. Again, they rolled it up this week. Big Ten Championship game. Michigan, a 16-and-a-half-point favorite over Purdue. Put your comments down there. Let us know what you think about it. Uh, subscribe, share, let folks know. Husker Nation, let them know that this content is out there and available to them each and every single day. We're going to take a journey through the current state, current state of the union, uh, Nebraska football. We will then head forward. We'll bring in one of the great Nebraska athletes. Just He's just one of the best and one of the best people which is way more important. Uh, we'll bring him in and let him tell some tales and stories of how he would go about business, the business that is Nebraska athletics. And then we'll talk a little uh, Husker hoops as well. But let's bring him in. Husker Hall of Famer, one of the great athletes out of the state of Nebraska. Let's bring in Eric Strickland. Hey, Strick, thank you for doing this, man. How you doing, brother? Oh, I'm doing good, DP. Um, just grateful to be here with you today. And uh you know, this podcast is a phenomenal platform in order to hear about Husker insights and get get good details on what's going on internally and what what's going on externally. So I'm I'm, I'm glad you uh, brought me to it. Well, it, it's time. We, we you know I want to bring on other voices and folks that have more uh, more perspective, a different perspective, often a deeper perspective about what the goings on behind. Uh, the things that are talked about on a regular basis. I don't have my red on today. That's okay. I have, I have, <laughs> but your blue. blood bleeds the bright red. Uh, that that matters. Yeah. That's that matters. It said that 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 color that you wear don't matter. It's the fact that you bleed Husker. Uh, that Husker blood is important, um, and it's true. Um, tell the story before we get too deep into the other stuff. Give the folks that that elevator pitch for Strickland, young Strickland. Uh, how he got to University of Nebraska. Uh, let's start with with home. Well, well, starting with home as a young uh, player up at Bellevue, at Bellevue West, uh, three sport athlete, <clears throat> um, all stater. I'm looking at the totality, not only of the program, but I'm also considering what is next because my father did a good job. My father, Matthew Strickland, he was a lieutenant colonel in the Air Force. Um, he did a really good job of helping me to see. Uh, different elements of not only the recruitment process, but also uh, the aftermath and what goes on after it, right? <clears throat> so I'm looking at the totality of everything involved in the recruiting process for me. Um, being a hometown kid, I wanted to get it done early. I didn't want to wait until the last minute. I wanted to be able in my senior year to just be able to focus on the craft, to get it all done in that aspect without any worries, concerns, just be able to focus and and not have all the calls and all the different e the, the messages and all the different, we didn't have the messages. Now, now we get the text messages, <laughs> but we used to get the mail and all that stuff. I didn't want to have to deal with the calls. So that was started the process, but looking at Nebraska, I, I always, uh, it came down to some things like this. One, it was an emerging program with Danny Nee. Danny Nee at that year, the year before, 
uh, great crew crew of guys, guys that were also a good mix of Husker guys. Um, you know, you had your Bo Reeds and your your uh, 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 Rich Kings. You had a good core. Then you had some great athletes. Your uh, uh, Carl Hayes and, and 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 guys like that that were out of town. Then Jamar Johnson was still there. You know, want some of the best to do it in the areas and where they've come from. And then I got to watch Terrence go down there and get it started also to be also from here. Bruce Chubbick and guys like that. Pykowski, who had some some touches to the Nebraska. So it, it felt like it was a bunch of guys that cared. And I watched them succeed. And then I, I looked at it and I looked at other programs and I was like, you know what? My dad said it's the aftermath. What's going to happen if you brush, you you tear a knee or or you can't play anymore? You know, do the people actually care about you? And I knew that the state cared, and that's what made the difference for me. Through that, you did a unique thing in playing baseball and being under contract yeah. as a baseball minor league baseball player, and then being a walk on basically for basketball yeah. and and helping this 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 university go and win a conference tournament championship. Uh, please explain. What, what that experience was like, being having your hand in two programs here, almost a third here at the University of Nebraska. Well, shout out to De uh, to Dave Schillinglaw. Um, he's still around. He's doing some wonderful things with Tanners and and and, and some um, uh, some other programs in the state. But D Dave Schillinglaw was. I, I decided I wasn't going to play football. My quarterback and close friend, who's also a friend of the show, on the block as well as the station. Cluster Johnson had just left and came to Nebraska to play football. And, and, and it was going to be a young group of guys. And I'm looking at it from a standpoint of, gosh, darn it, they're going to kill me. You know, there's going to be double teams, triple the linebackers looking if I run an in route. I'm, I'm like, I'm going to have to play quarterback, running back, linebacker. I'm like, man, I'm going to get killed out here. And they ended up going like one and nine. I'm like, I didn't want to be outside in the cold and all, you know, Nebraska winners and, and trying to play. And I, I said, you know what? I think I'm going to forego football and focus on basketball. And Dave Schillinglaw sat me down in his office and said, yo, Strick, I think you 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 would get drafted if you play baseball. And of course, I thought he was lying. What the young folks would say today, capping. I thought he was doing that. And he looked at me and he's like, no, Strick, I'm, I'm serious. I think you're a great enough athlete that if you play, you'll get drafted. And so I decided to do that. Um, played the basketball season, had a great basketball season, played baseball and hit 483, which was like crazy. Um, first year ever playing as, since my freshman year. So I hadn't played and to hit 483 was just a phenomenal feat. And then you have about 10, 10 scouts come in and Yankees and uh, Marlins and, and, you know, I think Cleveland and just all these different teams. And I'm just hitting balls off the freaking uh, at that time, uh, our practice facility, I was hitting balls off the off the school and throwing, had an above average arm. And so, they, you know, the Yankees wanted to take me in the first round. And and uh, Marlon said, let's go and do 31st round. But you can play basketball and baseball. Yankees wanted me to just do only that. And I was like, Marlon, you sound good to me. <laughs> so they did. They picked me up. They said, we'll pay for your school. We could just come in a sh uh, short season. Uh, you'll play um, short season uh, uh, rookie and a ball, and then we'll go from there. And that's what happened. It's it's a great story. We'll break it here, and when we go come back to this with Eric Strickland again, this is a Nebraska Hall of Famer, uh, one of the great athletes to ever walk 
uh, walk the, the 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 flat streets of, of Nebraska. Um, Eric Strickland, who whose NBA career is one of interest, and that we should talk about, and we'll talk about, and then we'll talk about Matt Rule, and we'll talk about Fred Hoiberg later in the podcast. But you're listening to, you're watching, Locked On Huskers, Locked On Go Big Red on the Locked On Sports. DP with the Hall of Famer, Eric Strickland. Again, the NBA uh, notoriety and celebrity is one thing, but people miss the story sometimes that this, this young man actually walked on to basketball because he was under an agreement uh, with the Marlins for baseball. And that's a great story and could have played football as well. One of the elite athletes uh, in this space uh, and to everywhere the end. Uh, on the side of his helmet, whether it's a batting helmet or a football helmet or, or on the on the basketball jersey. I want to thank the folks from Bet Online once again for what they do for us each and every single day. Bet Online, where the game begins, the game of the weekend. It's championship week, and the game of the weekend for me is USC versus Utah Pac-12 mm-hmm. championship. One point uh, favorite uh, for the for the Trojans. I'm not sure I'm going to lean that way, but you can jump on BetOnline.ag. For all the props, all the odds, all the all those things that make entertainment a little bit more interesting on game day, that's where the game begins. With the Hall of Famer Eric Strickland, and Strick, when you think of your career and of all the cities, and I want you to name all the cities you played in, but I want you to save your favorite one for last. Name the cities you played in, and then lastly, tell me what your favorite city that you played in. So I'll I'll go from the rank of what I felt was the. Uh, the worst uh-huh. uh, to the to the like you said the best uh-huh. uh, Vancouver uh-huh. <laughs> the one jersey you don't still have right <laughs> one, I gave it away I probably should have kept it I yeah, probably would have made know, some good money on right? that jersey because it was a classic right? it was a classic jersey right? but uh, yeah Vancouver uh, playing with that team listen it was some great talent Mike Bibby uh, Michael Dickerson big country who obviously played uh, at Oklahoma State because we were the Big Eight um, solid young talent just Stromile Smith one of the you know, he hits you with the Cajun, man. Man. Yeah, he, man. he goes to the heavens with yeah. it. Yes, sir. Um, great young talent, but just just couldn't get it over. And I think just the organization as itself was just bad. Um, then go down from there. Um, I would say, <clears throat> I would say Milwaukee. Not because Milwaukee wasn't a good place. I think I just think that um, you know Terry Porter. He he, he it was uh, he was trying to find his way. He was trying to figure out how to be. Uh, a good coach coming off being a great point guard and um, you know, but we had some great talent. I got to play with Michael red and Desmond Mason who also played Oklahoma state. And, and then also Tony Kukoc and I were probably the oldest guys on the team at that time. And then you go down uh, from there to Indiana. Uh, uh, Isaiah Thomas was my coach. Got to play with the great Reggie Miller uh, right before they had the malice in the palace yeah. that crew. I wasn't in that group. Uh, but uh, AKA uh, Meta World Peace, Ron mm-hmm. Artest, and and uh, the, the young Jermaine O'Neal and that underrated. crew, underrated, underrated man, just just guys that were phenomenal. And then um, we'll go one A and one B is I had the most fun at Boston, uh, Boston with Paul Pierce and Antoine Walker, Kenny Anderson, a group of hodgepodge guys just with a group grit and grime and huck eric williams we just got after people ended up with the second best record in the east that team went to the conference finals lost to um in six to jersey and jason kidd led team and then in dallas and i like dallas probably the most it was it was probably the best time in the career that i had um and, and then i had to do with just don nelson he's just 
he's just a mad scientist and he lets you just kind of go out there and play. He'll throw different things and different wrinkles out there. So it made it fun. That is quite the run. And for the young man from, from Bellevue West. Oh, that, and New York. Well, New York would go before them. I, I, was, I, I forgot about, well, I, I, thought, I can't I forget about the Knicks. That was a great I, I, group. I thought that you were, you were, you were leaving that one there for storage, but we'll, yeah. we'll have you back on the yeah. podcast for NBA story. Mm-hmm. Cause those are some of the best. Some of those, those are some of the best oh, yeah, stories. That story we need to share. Yeah. We'll, we'll get that done. Uh, here in Nebraska, the current news is Matt Rule and Hintz taking over the program. And I've said openly uh, that I'm going to wait and allow him to do whatever he's going to do. He's the coach. So I'm going to wait and see what he does before we jump in. But as a player, you've been in organizations where that coaching change happened. I'm asking you, how does a player get through that uncertainty of knowing well, where's my place in this thing? What's mm-hmm. the most important thing that Matt Rule can do to settle down the players who are able to return to Nebraska and are waiting to find out where they stand? Well, first, um, he's got to do a really good job of selling the vision. Um, anytime you you talk to a young man and when they're dealing with those uncertainties, it's it's understanding what the mission, what the purpose is. It would be no different than a military a man or someone who's going to be sent off into war or sent off into a special mission, if they understand what the mission is and it coincides with what their their vision is or what their direction is um, of how they can become the person, the player, the man that they uh, envision themselves being, then you can get behind it. And so I think those discussions, obviously with Casey, with Casey Thompson, I would even have those with Trey Palmer because you know, if he can have some certainty on his return, those things would be. And everybody in their specific rooms having those discussions with them, I think, individually, collectively, and, and getting a, a good in, uh, a good breakdown on what that means for them if they do remain. Because the goal is to keep as, as, as minimal amounts of people into the transfer portal. Because you want to keep those guys because they understand already. Mickey has already started the process of building culture. And you don't want to have to bring in a whole swath of new people into that mix. So you want to try to keep them together with an understanding that we're going to develop you. We're going to make you better men. You're going to be able to play at the highest of level. And we're going to teach and coach you that way and, and, and sell that mission. Having moved around from place to place, uh, or been a place where coaching changes happen. Yeah. You build a loyalty as a player to the coach that was there. Yeah. And then here comes the new coach. Yeah. How do you balance? Where's the line? And how do you balance loyalty to a previous coach and then openness and willingness to be taught, coached, you know, mentored by the new coach? Uh, uh, what you have to do is you have to love on the guy. You, you have to bring understanding if he, if, if Mickey from for whatever reason does not stay or remain, you have to love on him for what he started, began and and help them to understand the feeling that I understand how you feel. You know, Mickey, Mickey is, is well beloved. We care a lot about him. We hope that we can stay. He could have stayed. But unfortunately, whatever reasons that may come up about that, that's that's just wasn't able to happen. So I think you, you, you can't come in with a brazen attitude of, you know, I'm the new guy in town. I'm the new sheriff because some people might still be loving on the old regime, the old guy and loving on what he was starting to to build. So there could be some animosities there. And so that's that's what you're trying to mitigate and keep from 
actually happening is you want to just make sure the kids understand you understand and you feel and you have uh compassion for their feelings in in this transition period especially when you're trying when matt rule's real issue in this thing is going to be trying to get players to love him the way they love me yeah like and and they're separate and i want to i want to be clear in this and i'm, I'm going to talk about it on on my show later today but i want to say this that the real thing is it's rule versus rule. Mm-hmm. It's not rule versus Mickey. Joseph. It's yeah. not rule versus Frost. Yeah, yeah. It's rule versus rule. Mm-hmm. And we want to keep doing that. We'll throw it a break here. One final segment with the Husker Hall of Famer. We're going to talk a little hoops with the man. Hoops. There it is with Eric Strickland. Don't go anywhere. This is Locked On Husker. Final segment, when you get time with a Husker Hall of Famer, a, a guy that played in the NBA and uh, traveled around the league and he knows it, but he's he, he spent time on the floors with, with, with skin burns and, and knee burns and elbow burns over the van. He said, over the old building, this basketball program here matters to him. Current state of the union for Nebraska basketball. They sit at four and three with a big stretch. Boston College comes to town. Where does it stand? Give us the, the Eric Strickland state of affairs for Nebraska basketball. One of the things that I've seen is, is, is you've definitely seen some progression. You've seen areas of de- that were deficient in rebounding, um, defense. Uh, you've seen areas get better. And, and that's all attributed to buy-in. That's attributed to leadership. That's attributed to the guys wanting uh, to have a successful run. Um, you saw just areas where they struggle because they're a long team but no traditions in the in the areas of point guard, so to speak. Um, they 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 were missing one of one of the integral pieces of their team and Derek Walker, who then returns and shows why uh, it's important for him to be a part of the team. Um, but so now it's a matter, I think, and I, I talked about it yesterday on, on the block um, on our show here at 93.7 The Ticket. Um, it's like a writer that writes a good a good song, right? There's three points to it. One of those songs, is, it still needs some work. You put it to the side. Another part of the song maybe is just, ooh, you just, it just irks you, you throw it out. And then there's that part that you just really are just honing in on that you're dealing with now. I think that's what's going on now. They have to go, they went back to the drawing board and they're having to figure out how they can use the blessing that Derek Walker can bring to them to alleviate some of those stresses by not having a point guard. So how can we run different things through him? How can he help us in relieving some pressure? How can he, we, he's a great passer. How can we take advantage of his shot percentage numbers at almost 70% right now? How can we do those things? And those are the things that they're trying to, I think, work on pinning the right music to make the right song. It's going to be an interesting run. Um, I'm, I'm happy for their performance in Orlando to see how they, how they, mm-hmm. how they, handled, they how they handled friction mm-hmm. against a really good Oklahoma team that ended up being the, the, the tournament's best. Uh, then taking on Penny Hardaway's Memphis team physical with all the physical, amazing floor to floor end of the floor to end of floor athletes that they have. And then finding a way to be successful against Leonard Hamilton's Florida State team, which is always a well-coached team. No matter what the talent level is, they're going to be well-coached. 
They get to come home. They'll face Boston College, and then they got to kind of jump to the vault, right? You got to jump into the pit uh, with Creighton, Indiana, Purdue. I don't think they'd have any other way because it's just an opportunity for them with nothing to lose just to play free, get better from game to game, and read that mantra that sits at the football wall day by day, get better and better. That's Eric Strickland, the Husker Hall of Famer, kind sir. Greatly appreciate you for you doing what you do and bringing this content to the folks. For all you folks from Locked On Huskers, Locked On Go Big Red, and the Locked On Sports Network, we greatly appreciate you. Strickland, we always close it with the three words that mean so much. Go Big Red!